And welcome back to Local News Live. I'm Mike Bell, and right now we have Sean Evans from WTOC with us, uh, based out of Savannah, Georgia. Sean has been covering the Ahmad Arbery trial um, for the last few days, I believe. But Sean, you know, go ahead and kind of tell us. Really, you've been on this since day one, haven't you? Uh, yeah, that actually extended back to jury selection, Mike. So uh, since actually a month ago tomorrow, uh, we've been here in Brunswick following this very closely, knowing that the jury selection process would be very important in this case. And in fact, it has, especially given the makeup of the panel, which we know uh, 11 uh, white people, one black person. So uh, that's been a point of contention for many folks here, especially a lot of the civil rights icons that we've seen come to town over the past week or so, including Reverend Al Sharpton, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, this week with the Arbery family as well. So um, yeah, it's been interesting to see this play out and, and the arguments outside and inside the courtroom. Right. And so uh, we are all kind of familiar, well, especially us working in the newsroom, we're all pretty familiar with the case itself. But if you want, and I know this is a lot to ask to boil down, uh, but can you kind of give a rundown of what is this case, what are the points of contention, and what are the three suspects that McMichaels and Brian charged with? Well, right now, this all centers around uh, the, the killing of Ahmad Arbery. This was February 23rd, 2020 in a neighborhood called Satilla Shores here in Glen County. The state is arguing that Mr. Arbery was out for a run in this particular neighborhood, uh, profiled by folks there in the neighborhood, uh, the McMichaels, um, Roddy Bryan, William Bryan in this case, uh, chased down and ultimately killed because they believed that he was a person who had been going into a house under construction was caught on surveillance camera by the homeowner of that particular house. Um, and they thought he was that same person. The defense is arguing that there was a, um, a rash of crime in the neighborhood leading up to that incident, that that was the reasoning behind a heightened sense of awareness on the McMichaels part, Ronnie Bryan, that there had been uh, these crimes happening, break-ins, uh, burglaries, entering autos, things like that. So that's the case the defense is trying to make um, that led up to this incident. There's also the argument of self-defense when that interaction between the McMichaels and Mr. Arbery ultimately happened, which we got firsthand perspective from one of the defendants today, Travis McMichael, taking the stand for the defense, the very first uh, witness the defense called today. That's right. And so that leads me exactly to my next question is, what was the, the, the testimony today by uh, the McMichael when it comes to uh, his part in what happened uh, with Ahmad? Well, the defense, his attorney, actually, Jason Sheffield, Travis's attorney, one of his counselors, um, started the, ter the questioning, rather, walking jurors through his background, not only his, his uh, familiarity with Satilla Shores neighborhood where he was living with his mother and father at the time, um, but also his background in the U.S. Coast Guard. Um, that went down a path where he was asked about what his training was, especially when it came to use of force with weapons, things like that, that would play into that interaction with Mr. Arbery, <clears throat> excuse me, ultimately. So we heard a lot of information, jurors heard a lot of information that they had already heard in testimony leading up to this point. 
Um, but it was interesting to hear it from his perspective, right? Because he painted a bit of a different picture, obviously, that he wasn't trying to be aggressive, that he um, just was trying to figure out what Mr. Arbery was doing, why he was running down the street, why it appeared a neighbor was pointing in his direction. He thought he had maybe been involved in a crime just moments prior, and he was trying to figure that out. That's what he was telling the jury. Uh, again, obviously, the state contends that they were going after him on a hunch. Uh, the prosecutor, the lead prosecutor in this case, Linda Donikoski, said that uh, driveway decisions were made by the McMichaels when they saw Ahmad run by uh, to only get in the truck, go after him, that William Bryant made a driveway decision when he saw the McMichaels driving what appeared to be after Mr. Arbery, so and and joining in that pursuit uh and yeah that that was his account but again we heard it from him the state just started crossing uh right about the time of my live hit so i was able to catch a little bit of that but i know they're going to resume cross-examination tomorrow morning right and that's uh one of the next things we'll lead into here real quick may as well ask it now what is uh basically the idea for the rest of this week when it comes to the trial there's going to be more uh, cross-examination more defense witnesses maybe the other uh, two uh, uh, acute uh, defendants excuse me will testify but any idea on what that entails for the rest of the week and perhaps when the jury will receive this case for deliberations well the jury during selection during the jury selection process was told that the trial would run up to the 19th which Friday. Um, the defense has said uh, several times they aren't anticipating getting to that finishing phase when the jury will start deliberating until next week. So it could be Monday. Uh, obviously, a timing of, of all this is still very much up in the air. It's not clear who else we could hear from as far as on that defense witness list. Jason Sheffield, one of the attorneys for Travis McMichael, told us last week that they have a 60-person list, but they were only anticipating getting to half of those. May even be a fraction of that by the time it's all said and done. So we're not exactly sure who we're going to hear from next. I do know one of the defendants won't be testifying. That remains either William Bryan or Greg McMichael. I did hear some exchange there, but I wasn't clear on exactly who I'm, I believe it's William Bryan that we won't be hearing from. Um, but again, that leaves the door open for at least one other defendant to take the stand and testify on his behalf. Right, right. Well, Sean, we really appreciate you coming on here and uh, giving us the lowdown on what you're seeing and uh, finding out about this uh, trial as everything comes out. Is there anything else, uh, maybe uh, something I forgot to ask about or any other thoughts? Well, we did have the uh, motions this morning uh, for a directed verdict. Um, and that's basically when the defense believes the state hasn't proven their case and they're asking the judge to dismiss the charges quit. Um, the McMichaels jointly asked for a directed verdict on the first five counts, which are the, uh, the most severe in this case. We have the malice murder, uh, felony murder charges. Um, and yeah. The, the malice and felony murder charges, those are the ones that the defense of the McMichaels asked for. Uh, the attorney for William Bryan actually asked for a directed verdict on all counts uh, to include the, the false imprisonment, the aggravated assault. Of course, that's not uncommon to see a defense attorney ask for that at the end of the state's case. Um, and the judge ultimately denied 
for all of the defendants. Uh, another interesting point, Mike, the attorney for William Bryan gave his opening statements today. So we heard these from the other two camps back on the 5th when the trial started. But William Bryan's attorney, Kevin Goff, opted to waive that until after the state rested their case. So the state rests yesterday. Kevin Goff gave his opening statement today, which was really interesting. The judge over the case, um, Judge Walmsley, actually noted that that's the first time in his time on the bench, which more than a decade, that he had seen a defense attorney do that. That is interesting because, in a way, delaying your opening statement until the state has presented its case and then giving it afterward is it kind of serves as a rebuttal to a lot of the state's claims. So I suppose that might be some of the strategy there. Yeah, a lot of strategy being played out here, Mike. I can tell you that. It is uh, a bit of a chess match, and, and we're just keeping a close eye on it all the way through the rest of the week and, and again, potentially into the first of next. Absolutely. Well, Sean Evans, thank you so much from uh, WTOC for taking the time to talk to us here on The Local News Live.